As you return back to your seats, just let somebody know this is about to be a great 15 years. It's about to be a great 15 years. It's about to be. I'm speaking in faith. It's about to be. What an honor. Can we one more time to show gratitude to our mayor, Mr. Mayor Irving and Mr. Muhammad for gracing us today and bestowing that honor upon us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. What an honor it is. What an honor. So, uh, first kind of, Mr. Mayor, I might as well let everyone know how we met. So if you don't know how I met, uh, the mayor, we met in a prayer service and, uh, Pretty cool how this always works out, how God just brings us together for, for prayer, to call upon his name. And it was one of those situations, you might have heard the story before, but it just quickly bears repeating. It was one of those things where the mayor showed up, he had his eyes closed, different people were praying, and then he heard this big African-American Baptist man praying, and he opened his eyes and it was me. Yeah. And so... Uh, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Thank God for... <laughs> thank God that God can use anybody. This is what I'm saying after 15 years. I'm thankful that God chose to use me in the capacity that he has. And, and I, I, I want to start today's service, uh, the sermon portion of the service, by, by reading you two verses that really have become, uh, some people would say they have like a favorite scripture in the Bible. These two scriptures are not, I, I wouldn't say just my favorite, but they have, I, I believe they defined uh, my existence as a minister. If you look on the screen quick, I just want to give this to you from Philippians chapter 1. Paul said this, he said, verse 20 and 21, he said, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and to die is gain. I have lived my life according to these verses, recognizing that what a privilege it is to live for Christ. Can I get an amen from those who are living for the Lord? And then ultimately, my death actually brings about greater gain because now I'm not just living for him, I'm living with him. But since I'm not dead yet, we might as well talk about some living just for a moment. And, and I, I can't help but think back to 15 years ago, and, and I got this quick little video I want to show you. For those of you who have ever felt a call to ministry or to serve in ministry, you just give them that video real quick, Tiana, because this is what it feels like, right? You should serve in ministry, they said. You'll love it, they said. You should start a church, they said. It'll be amazing, they said. And how many can agree that's what it feels like many times, just doing the work uh, of, of the ministry? I want to say this. I am grateful that God has, has chosen me to ultimately shepherd this ministry. And, and on a day when I know probably a, uh, more than half our congregation is watching online, I, I don't want to exclude you from this today, but what God is going to say through me, I believe is for the church of, of, of now, of today. And so I might not get a ton of amens uh, momentarily, but if you will just stick with this word today and let this word get into your heart, it is going to produce growth in your life in 2024 like God promised. If you believe that, now you can say amen. Amen. All right. Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah chapter 38. This is going to be my main text for today. And just to kind of set the stage, Hezekiah has won a great victory. Um, it was just part of a, of, of a massive battle, and they won this great victory. Now, here's what happens immediately following this. 
Uh, there's a correlation to this in, in 2 Kings as well, but I'm reading Isaiah's account. Isaiah 38 reads this way, verse 1. It says, in those days, Hezekiah, he's the king, Hezekiah became deathly ill. The prophet uh, Isaiah, son of Amos, came to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order, for you are about to die. Ooh. And you will not recover. Now, Hezekiah, I can just, I'm going to call him Hezi at times. So okay. I can just hear Hezi saying, thanks a lot, Isaiah. Is there another prophet? Can I get another prophet up in the room? Okay. I, I'm sick, and you're telling me I need to get my house in order. I, I'm about to die. Now, look at verse 2. The Bible says this. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and whole, with wholehearted devotion. I have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Now I'm including, this isn't in Isaiah 30, I'm including 2 Kings correlation here. And here's what it says in 2 Kings. It says, before Isaiah had even left the middle court, so before he even got out, out of, completely out of the king's presence, here's what the Bible says. It says, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, go and tell Hezekiah, that this is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, if you're wondering why I'm reading this text today, I will add 15 years to your life. Woo! Okay. I don't know how much longer God's going to have us do this, but I just want to say thank you, Lord, for the first 15 and what we've accomplished thus far. Amen. Now, I want to fast forward to just two quick verses, and we'll, and we'll wrap this portion of the reading up. But look at verse 18 of that same chapter. Here's what Hezekiah goes on to say. Hezekiah says this. He says, he says to God, he says, the dead cannot praise you. They cannot raise their voices in praise. Those who go down to the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness. Only the living, someone holler living, only the living can praise you as I do today. Each generation tells your faithfulness to the next. I know it's cold outside, but can you set a little fire underneath your praise today? And can I find about 15 people that can just throw up a lively generational praise to God and say, Lord, I bless you today. Only the living, only the living can open up their mouth and declare his praise. Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, let me give you a couple things. Let me give you a couple things. I believe that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And I believe that Jesus came to show us how to die. He who came to give us life also came to show us how to die. What, what, what do I mean exactly? Look at Galatians 2.20 with me. Galatians 2.20 says this. this is, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I believe he came to give us life. Now, I want to be very clear about what I'm going to say here. Next, okay? I don't believe that Jesus just came to give us Cadillacs and Rolexes and gold I, I don't believe that, that, that Jesus came just so that we could always look as good as Mr. Muhammad does 24-7, okay? Now, now I, I need to clarify. I'm not against success. I'm not against progress. I am not against promotion. I, I am not against prosperity. What I'm simply trying to tell you is Jesus didn't just die on a cross just so we could be rich. 
Okay. Uh-oh. I'm getting in trouble with the American mindset of what church should be. Where's my blessing? Where's my abundance? Where's my overflow? Where's my prosperity? Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't die a horrible death on that cross just so that your pockets could be lined with blessing. Abraham was blessed before Jesus ever died on a cross. Isaac was blessed before Jesus ever died on a cross. Jacob was blessed before Jesus ever died on a cross. King Solomon was blessed before Jesus ever died on a cross. My point is just simply this. Jesus didn't come just to bless you. Jesus came to die so that you and I could now live for him and live under righteousness. He died so that you and I could also learn to die to sin and die to self and die to selfishness can you just look at somebody just 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 look at somebody next to you and say look don't fight don't fight don't fight what he came to do don't fight what he came to do he came not just so that i might have life but so that i might learn how to die here's what i mean let me give you three quick things here's what i mean number one god wants you to die to your own will someone say don't fight it (laughs) He wants you to die to your own will. We are, we are so busy in this generation trying to get to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. But we forget there's another portion to that verse. It also says to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. We, listen, we cannot get to resurrection power without go, going through something called the Garden of Gethsemane. What's the Garden of Gethsemane? It's that moment when Jesus says, Father, take this cup from me. I, I don't want to do this. And his sweat capillaries begin to break down and, and, and there's like blood on his forehead. And in these moments of agony, he's crying out to the Father. But Garden of Gethsemane is that moment where our will is being confronted. And it's that moment where we have to begin to surrender our desire, our agenda, our plan, our scheme, our hope. 15 years ago, we had to make up our mind. I, it can't be my way. It can't be my will. I've got to surrender my will to God. And it's Gethsemane where you can say to God, not my will, but your will be done. The reason that we have so much attitude in church today the reason we have so much independence in church today, the reason we have so many people doing their own thing but not doing God's thing, is because we are no longer willing to die to our own will. The reason people go to church and still sleep around is because they have not yet died to their own will. Come on, somebody, the reason you will stand at this altar and praise the Lord with your mouth and then cuss me out at the back of, the, of church at the end of service is because you have not yet died to your own will. And when your will begins to die, you will think things in your head, but it will never come out of your mouth because your will has been surrendered to the Lord. Now, I get it. I've been in church a long time, Mr. Mayor. People will argue with me. Pastor, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say that people don't have struggles and people don't have weaknesses and people don't mess up and people don't commit sin. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that will always happen as long as the church of Jesus Christ is open. We will always have people committing sin and struggle and doing selfish, stupid things. I know that's how it's going to be. What I'm talking about is the people who sin and then have zero remorse for it, zero repentance for it, zero godly sorrow that leads us back to repentance. That's what what I'm talking about is the people that just do whatever they want to do, the people that just shack up 
and commit adultery and drop it like it's hot. Those kind of people that, that just, that, that just say, I'm going to have it my way. It's, it's, I gotta be careful. It's the people who will hear the lie of a heathen saying, It's your body, have as many abortions as you want. When the Holy Bible says, It is not your own body, you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with that same body. I, I'm talking about the people who lie and cheat, the people who are addicted and disobey their parents, the people who will disrespect authority, the people who will rob God of what is rightfully His and tithe and offering and have no remorse, no repentance. No, God, I'm sorry. I can do better. That's what I'm talking about. God is looking for some people today that will simply say, I need to die to my will so that your will can be done. My will says, let me have it my way. Your will says, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, I know someone's going to tell me that's old-fashioned, Pastor. That's archaic. You're out of touch with 2024. And I'll simply tell them, good. Good. Because what I'm trying to stay in touch with is the eternal word of God. Because 2024 will, will pass away, but his word will remain forever. So what I'm trying to do is help you realize that your way might seem right unto you, but in the end, it will lead to destruction. But when you do it God's way, it's still the best way. Can I find about 15 people that can put your hands together and say God's way is still the best way? Now listen close. Listen close. There is some stuff that God wants to transform in you. There are some things that God wants to change in you. Dare I say there are some things that God wants to die in you. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. I want to, uh, it's like, this is like, it's like you've got this, this baggage, and, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, but uh, Tiana, you got that video for him? You got that other video? This is what it, I feel like I'm telling people, bring your baggage to the Lord and, and, and this is what it looks like, right? Come on, somebody. Bring all your baggage. To bring, all, bring all your baggage. Can I tell somebody right now, I'm just going to prophesy over your 24. God is getting ready to take you somewhere you've never been before. And in order to help you get there, there's some things you're going to have to just place in his hands. How about you give him your baggage? How about you give him your pains? How about you give him your problems? Just leave him at the altar and let God take you places you can't go because you've been so weighted down for so long. Somebody believes this is your year of freedom and a year of favor. And God's going to take me places he's called me to. Say amen. But in order to get there, I've got to die to some baggage. I've got to die to my will. God wants me to die to my will. Don't fight it. Second thing I want to tell you is this, that God wants you to die to your selfishness. Someone say, don't fight it. <laughs> my selfishness. I, I, I dare ask how many people can admit I'm selfish sometimes. Now, I'm, I'm selfish half the time. Uh, I, I, I don't want to even admit I'm, I'm pretty selfish the majority of the time. Don't look at the person next to you. Hello, somebody. Okay. There's a, there are very few people still raising their hands anymore. We've all got it within us. Some tendency to, to want me first, my will, my desire, my, my, my want to what God is simply saying, look, I want to see some things die in your life. This idea that everything has to be your way or no way. Woo. I feel like I'm trying to help a marriage right now. It doesn't have to be your way or, or no way. God is saying you need to die to that. 
Or to those of you who are so selfish that what you would do is if it feels good to me, I don't care what I do to you. God is saying that needs to die. Paul said like this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. He said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Can you just poke somebody next to you gently and just let them know, don't fight it. Don't fight it. God wants you to die to that selfishness. Why? Because there's another level of glory God is calling us to. Do you believe that in 2024, God doesn't want you to stay stuck? That he wants you to go someplace greater? That, that he doesn't want you to just keep celebrating the last 15 years? That he's got another 15 years of accomplishments and achievements and anointing for your life? So I can never experience that next level of glory until I learn to do what Jesus did and crucify my selfish desire. There are, there are, you need to know in this year, there are some fires that you can't just get out of. You're going to have to pass through the fire. There are some floods that you cannot avoid. You're going to have to go through the waters. There are some tests that you can't just skip out on. You're going to have to pass the test. And there are some situations and some selfishness you're going to have to circumvent. That simply means you cannot avoid them. They're going to be there. So instead of acting like I, I can always be selfish, let this be the year I choose to surrender to God's plan and purpose. If I decrease that means he will increase in my life. God wants me to die to some selfishness. And the last thing I want to tell you is this, is that God wants you to die to some of your successes. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Mr. Mayor, I've found that so many people are so starved for attention that they will say anything and do anything and post anything just to get some kind of attention. Look at what I've done. Uh, 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 I've been on the Daniels fast for more than 21 days. Awesome. Good, good for you. I mean, what do you want us to say other than congrats? You, you post stuff like you're the greatest mom in the world. Awesome. I'm so thankful your kids have you. And I'm not poo-pooing on, on those little things that you ultimately feel so, so great about. I'm simply trying to tell you is that too many of us get accomplished something and then get stuck there. And we, 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 want, to, we want to know why are more people liking my post and why are more people patting me on the back and telling me good job for what I've accomplished. And what I'm trying to tell you is according to the word of God, Philippians chapter 3, Paul said, but those things that were gain to me, those things I now call it, count as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. So Paul is simply saying, look, it's okay to accomplish things, but this one thing I do, I keep forgetting those things that are behind me because there's something greater in front of me. I reach, I stretch, I press towards the mark of the prize of the higher calling of God in Jesus Christ, my Lord. So God, help me in 2024 to not become so successful at what I'm doing that God cannot move me to the next day dimension of being. I believe God has wanted us to say, Lord, I'm still available to you. I'm still available to you. The reason that the choir showed up at 8.15 and the worship team showed up at 7.30 and Rev Dev showed up at 7 and those you came in early to set up and, and be prayerful and prepare. The reason is because you said, Lord, I'm available to you. I have chosen to die to my successes. And I said, Lord, I'm available 
to you. I'm available. Do we still have people that believe making yourself available to the Lord is the greatest of all availabilities? Lord, I, I, I don't just want to pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, I'm available to your kingdom come and your will be done in my life. So I conclude with this. Let me go back to our main text. Isaiah 38. We meet this king named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah is really unlike any other king that came before him except for David. We know that David was a godly king. Hezekiah is really one of only a handful of kings that follow in David's footsteps. Hezekiah is the kind of king, what he does is he, he tears down all the false idols and the false gods throughout the, the nation of Judah. He's the kind of a king who restores order and justice and righteousness back to Judah and to God's people. Hezekiah was so effective and, and he was so excellent at what he did and, and, and he's accomplished so much and now he's at the height of what God has called him to do and, and at this pinnacle of, of everything he's accomplished and everything that he's done, all of a sudden he gets deathly sick. And here comes his buddy, Isaiah. And his, Isaiah comes in to seize him. And, and Isaiah is so abrupt. You got you to gotta love Isaiah. Isaiah just shows him like, hey, listen, Hezzy. The Lord says, get your house in order because you're about to die. Bye. What? Hold up. <laughs> Wait a second. I know these aren't verses we shout over, okay? But we, we, we see these things. And, and literally, Isaiah's just dropped the bomb on Hezekiah. Get your house in order because you're about to die. Isaiah's a bad dude. Come on, somebody. Right, this is a bad dude right here. If you've read the book of Isaiah, you know, he's that, we, we call him the eagle eye prophet. We call him the sage of the age. He's the guy who can see thousands of years into the future and then prophesy about it. He's the guy who saw the suffering of the Messiah hundreds of years before the Messiah ever came to earth. He's also the guy that saw the conquest and eternal reign of the Messiah, and it hasn't even happened yet. He's, he sees things. So when he speaks, he speaks for God. So when he drops his bomb on Hezekiah and turns and walks out the door, when, as he, it's as he's walking away, ultimately, that Hezekiah, hearing the word of God, here's what Hezekiah does. He turns and faces the wall and he begins to pray a prayer of faith. A prayer of faith. Now, here's what I want you to know. When you get a word from God, from a man of God, you can just take it and just say, well, I guess that's how it's going to be. I guess God's made up his mind. This is it for me. I'm done. This is permanent. My life is over. I'll never recover. But there's something in Hezekiah's walk that I just want to get into your spirit here in 2024. Because Hezekiah had what we call radical faith. Radical faith. Most of you just accept that, well, God, your, your perfect will is always going to be done, and, and, and amen. But you have no idea that your radical faith can change some things, not in God's mind, but in your life. Radical faith that says, look, I believe in a God who can do the impossible. The same God who told me I'm going to die is the same God who can also say, but not yet. <laughs> I feel like so many of us get stuck in that thing we call acceptance, right? Just, just accepting. And in reality, Tommy, what has become, it's not, we're not just accepting God's will. We've, come, we've become apathetic to God's will. 
We're, we're just like, okay, okay. I'm accepting my fate. And I just simply want to ask you this, but are you also releasing your faith? In accepting your fate, are you still releasing your faith? I know, I know you feel so foreign to this. Like, I can't change God's mind. I'm not trying to get you to change God's mind. I'm trying to get you to change yours. This is what Hezekiah begins to do. He begins to pray, and he begins to call upon the Lord. Yes, because there are some things that we just have to accept. This is the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. But then there's other times, something in your spirit just says, wait a minute. I know the prophet said that I have to die, but the prophet also has a boss. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. My Catholic brothers and sisters always seem to get this right. They understand. There's a boss. There's a big boss, okay, that we need to get a hold of. And so I want to say this because I've seen this in my own life. My sister-in-law, Devin's wife, Reverend Karina, one of the things I love about her is she hates bad customer service. I mean, she just, anybody else, you just, you show up to a place and you know you're paying good money, big money. I'm about to lay down a nice fat tip and you acting like that and treating me like that and, and, and spitting on my food and, and ta- looking at me cross-eyed and, and being rude and bogus to me. This ain't Ed DeBevix. What's going on here? I pay good money to be in this place. What is wrong with you? And what I love about Karina is simply this. When somebody, it doesn't matter where it is, she don't even have to be there with us. When we get treated poorly in a place, somebody in my family inevitably says, somebody call Karina. Because Karina will be like, can I get a hold of a supervisor? Can I speak to your manager? Ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you, it doesn't matter what the prophet says. It matters what the Almighty says. And sometimes you got to make up your mind. I hear what you say, Pastor. But maybe... Maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe, the boss might say something else. Can I talk to your manager? Can I speak to your boss? What, and here's what I want to say to my boss. I want to say this. Lord, all I want you to know is I'm not staying here. All I want you to know, Lord, is I believe you can heal any sickness. Can I help somebody's mentality? This year, instead of just accepting it's hereditary and accepting it's always going to be this way and accepting that this is my lot in life, how about somebody just start accepting the word of God and say, he can turn any sickness into complete healing. He can turn any situation around for my good. He can stop any demon and its tracks and set me free from its power. Can I find about 15 people just to take the next 15 seconds and put your hands together and declare, this is my year. I'm not accepting. This is my year. I'm not going to be apathetic. This is my year. I'm going to walk in the anointing. I'm going to trust the Lord. This is the year I'm coming out of debt. This is the year I'm coming out of addiction. This is the year I'm going to see God work mightily in my life. I've got new levels, new dimensions to go to. I'm going up. Don't fight it. Let's go up. Let's go up. Amen. So at first, Hezekiah, he, he starts talking to God. He starts talking to the boss, and he's like, yo, boss, don't forget my record. And yo, boss, don't forget my leadership. And boss, don't forget my, my holiness and my righteousness. But every, everything he's bringing about what he has done, Isaiah just keeps walking further and further away. But then this thing begins to happen. In Isaiah 38, verse 18, and he says, okay, I've talked about everything I can do. Now I'm going to cry my tears, and I'm going to say this. But the grave cannot 
praise you. And the moment, the moment that Isaiah says, the grave can't praise you, only the living is the moment God tells Isaiah, stop, stop walking. Stop walking. Turn around and go back. Because his accolades didn't get my attention. And all the things he accomplished didn't get my attention. And and him even crying his tears didn't fully get my attention. But the moment he stopped complaining and started praising me is the moment he got my attention. I came to tell somebody here today, if you're trying to get God's attention, then you've got to get an attitude of praise in your spirit. Praise is powerful, baby. I said praise is powerful. David said like this in Psalms 22. He said, but you... You are holy, you who inhabit the praises of Israel. Listen to me. That means that whenever God's people praise him, God just doesn't deserve it, and God just doesn't desire it. When you begin to praise God in spite of what is happening, God says, I'm going to dwell right there. I'm going to live in. I will be enthroned in your praises in that moment. I'm not trying to get you hyped up. I'm just simply trying to tell you praise is powerful. Praise is so powerful. It'll make God show up in a jail cell. Acts chapter 16, at midnight, Paul and Silas were shackled and bound and beaten, but they begin to pray and sing praises to God. And praise is so powerful that God showed up in that jail cell. I came to remind you, praise can still bring the walls of Jericho down. I came to remind you, praise can still cause the armies, your enemies, to turn on each other and leave you a plunder all to your own. Praise is still that thing that lets the enemy know, I know you've been coming against me, but I'm about to confuse you because I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Come on, men and women of God. Put your hands together and give God a praise today. It's powerful. It's powerful. Stand your feet with me. Stand your feet with me. What's interesting to me, when I read this text, is when Hezekiah got the news, hear me, hear me. When Hezekiah got the news that his life would be extended, he's going to live 15 more years. Tommy, he didn't immediately feel better. Pastor, he got the news he's going to live for 15 more years, but... He didn't look any different immediately. The only thing that changed was God said. God said. God said, I will add 15 more years to your life. Here's the key. Hezekiah didn't wait for his health to return before he began to lift his hands and just praise the Lord. I don't know what you're waiting for, but you're going to keep waiting until you just make a choice to lift your hands and just praise the Lord. All over this room, can we just lift our hands to God right now? I can't wait until I feel better. This is more than a feeling. This is the word of God. I, I, I can't wait until, I, I've gotta, I can't just feel better. I've got to speak better. I've got to believe better. I, I've got to praise better. That's when things begin to change in my life. Not when I feel it, but when I, when I just lift my hands and do it and give God the praise. Somebody in this place today with your hands raised, I want you to start talking like it's going to happen. 
I want you to start believing like it's going to happen. I want you to have the faith of 2024 that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think. I want somebody to believe, God, I know the enemy's coming like a flood, but you're going to raise up a standard against them. I want somebody to believe, God, I know you're going to turn this situation around for my good and for your glory. I want somebody to say today, it might look permanent, but God can take anything and change it for his glory. I believe it today. Here's what I'll never understand. I will never understand why some people will stand quiet in these moments. I will never understand why people get so, so shy and intimidated and not open up your mouth and give God praise. I watched crazy people in Kansas City for over three hours last night outside in the cold scream and shout and dance and celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs in sub-zero temperatures. I, I don't know what's going on with you, but God is not the Kansas City Chiefs. He's an eternal, perpetual champion. And I need somebody to take the next few seconds and not be ashamed and not be silent. Don't stare at me. Open your mouth and give God the praise, the praise. My time is running out. Christ is coming back. I've got to give him the praise. I can't afford to be quiet. And I can't afford to wait for a feeling. God is greater than my feelings. So with every hand raised right now, because if you don't cry out, the rocks will. If you don't start crying out, Isaiah's just going to keep walking. But I need somebody to lift up a sound of praise today that makes Isaiah stop in his tracks and come right back to where you are. Get back here, Isaiah. I shall not die. I will live and declare the works of the Lord. Give him a praise today. Amen. Amen. Yes. Don't be silent. Live with your voice like a trumpet. Cry aloud. Spare not. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I remind you, silence is the sound of defeat. It's what a team does when they're losing. And when all, and every day lose, they're silent. But when you know you're winning, and on the winning side, even when it doesn't feel like you're winning, you already know who the ultimate winner is. You can't stay silent when you know you've already got the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Jesus. Put your hands together and say amen. Amen. I don't know how I'm going to do this next part here, so let me just, I'll be quick, but I want to pray, but before I do, I want to, I want to highlight something. In this text, there's a problem. Let me identify the problem. The problem is this. When we start hearing about things like God is about to take us from where we are to someplace greater, we start shouting. When, when, when we start saying something, God is going to move me from this, this position of, of, of what seems to be permanence into a position of power. And, and God's going God's to add and God's going to bless and God's going to exalt. We start hearing these things and we start clapping and we start shouting and we start dancing and we start praising. Here's the problem. Can I, and I need you to know this. 
Dancing doesn't get you to the next level. Shouting doesn't get you to that higher dimension. Screaming and sweating and, 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 and being all Pentecostal doesn't elevate you from where you are to where you want to be. Oh, Lord. Here's what I've seen in the American church. We have given up dying for dancing. We have given up surrender for shouting and singing. But I look at men and women who leave the same way they come in every single week. You sweat a little bit. You got excited. You got emotional. You had, you had, you had the feels. But nothing was transformed. That was all external. And you need to know you serve a God who, who wants to not move the outside. He wants to move the inside the inside he wants to move some things in your thinking he wants to move some things in your spirit he wants to move some things in your attitude he wants to move some things in, in how you're speaking and believing and declaring I serve a God that is not stationary he keeps moving but some of you are so caught up in just moving geographically and so I can't wait till God moves me from here to here and, and, and I can't wait till God moves my career from here to here some of you I can't wait till God moves me from this church to the next church and you're missing the whole point of what God is trying to move. He's not trying to move your geographical location. He's trying to move the heart, the spirit, the mindset, the belief, the faith that is on the inside. So we hear these things when God's taking me to a higher level, but what you're missing is while you're dancing and crying and saying all the right things, and God has even given you extra time to get right. How many people never use that extra time to get better? I don't even want to hear how many of you know you should be dead right now, or in jail right now, or in a hospital right now, but here you stand right now. Can you just take five seconds and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anywhere else I could have been, here I am. But all this extra time God has given you, are you getting better this is why we're declaring this is our year of growth because I believe God wants us to get better all over this room if we can for just a moment I'm going to ask you to kneel with me in just a moment because I believe that we are called to change the world but Miss Autumn how can we change the world if we won't let God change us I expected a few amens there. How can I really expect to change my family when I won't let God start with me? How, how can I expect God to change my community when I keep av avoiding what he's trying to tell me? Hey, I want to transform that. I want to heal that. I want to fix that. I want to change. How, how can I really be the change I believe I'm supposed to be when I won't let God change me? The only thing that changed in this text is Hezekiah. Hezekiah went from being sick to now believing for his own salvation and calling on the name of the Lord. He changed. And when he changed, the Bible tells us that God came and completely changed everything around him. 15 years was added because he made up his mind. I can't change anything else until I change myself.
So before we kneel right now, I want to tell you, if you're ready to go to that next level, if we're going to go this way, Reverend Karina, Rev Dev, if we're going this way, Pastor Bethel and Pastor Vidi, if we're going this way, it's got to start by going this way. Everyone that is physically capable, can you join me on your knees right now? I can't get to that higher level until I crucify myself, until I crucify my flesh. I keep wanting God to bless me with a bigger house, and, and I keep wanting God to, to, to bring new things into my life, and I, I keep asking God for the material things. And I believe God will do that. I know he can, but what you're missing out on is just the simplicity of going up in the kingdom isn't about what you accumulate. It's about going down in humility and letting God exalt you in due time. Man, this is so foreign to the American church. But ladies and gentlemen, this is where it started for Hezekiah. And we know what God did for him. God completely healed him. I want to tell you right now, in this moment, if you believe that God has another level for you to attain, a higher level of glory, a, great, a greater degree of power and authority in this year, then you need to remain right here in this place of humility before the Lord. Because it's as I humble myself, the scriptures say, that God will exalt me. So, Father, in these moments right now, we humble ourselves. We repent of any wicked way within us. We ask in these moments, God, that you would help us to die to our own will. Don't leave me alone in this, ladies and gentlemen. Help me pray. God, we ask you would help us to die to our own selfishness. And God, help us to die to our own successes. Help us to realize that we have nothing except to come from you. And Lord, as we humble ourselves right now, with remorse and repentance, we ask you, God, to hear us. Don't just heal us. Hear us. Hear us and forgive us. We weep for our selfishness. We weep for our insecurities. We weep that we've promoted our will above yours. But God, we believe this is also a year of promotion and power where greater levels are right in front of us. And we are going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. So somebody right now, as you are allowing God to help you crucify and put to death the things in your nature, in your thinking, in your attitude that have to die. They have to die. Those addictions have to die. That bad attitude has to die. That selfishness has to die. Let it die.
because I can sense today there's a new level of life God is about to add to your years he's about to add to your strength he's about to add to your joy he's about to add to your authority he's about to add to your life this year 15 years God added to Hezekiah what can he add in your life since you have Jesus Christ his only begotten son let this be the year of elevation in our life because we always start every day in humility before our God and I thank you Lord that what we are doing is we are nailing our flesh to the cross so that you can move us to the next level of glory Jesus had to die so that he could come back and be elevated and now he's seated so high he's at the right hand of the father you can't get any greater than that family let this be the year year 15 where everything else that has hindered us and hurt us hampered our growth let this be the year that we die to those things and we come alive in Christ because I am crucified with Christ and yet I still live but not I it's Christ who lives in me Lord Jesus come alive within us come alive within our will come alive within our passion come alive within our lives as you're kneeling with every hand raised we surrender to you now Lord you are moving moving things on the inside of us so that we can see those things that are against us be removed from us oh thank you Lord I see you moving hearts in this room thank you Father I see you moving mindsets in this room thank you Lord I see you moving struggles and sins and selfishness thank you God thank you God you're moving us in to something greater for this 15th year hallelujah hallelujah just with our hands raised though we are saying that I'm here I'm available I want to be used for your glory for your glory Lord I'll do anything can I just get some people to agree with me in this 15th year wherever God wants me to go I'll go whatever God wants me to say I'll say whoever he wants me to pray for I'll pray for whoever he wants me to minister to I'll minister to if he wants me to serve I'll serve if he wants me to sing I'll sing if he wants me to scrub a toilet well let me get some gloves but I'll do whatever you want me to do Lord not my will but your will be done use me for your glory Lord use me for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ now if you're ready to say yes to the Lord even if it means you'll be lonely for a while if you're ready to say yes to the Lord even when it feels like everybody else is still living for themselves and you just feel all alone if you're ready to say yes to the Lord even when other people are still selfish and self-centered but you realize you know what 
If I got to be alone, if I got to cry some tears alone, if I got to eat a few meals alone, if God takes some people out of my life, if I don't have the same friends I used to have, if nobody wants to hang out with me anymore, you know what? Fine. I'm saying yes to God's greater will, to God's greater purpose, to God's greater plan, and God's going to bring greater into my life. Come on, if you're ready to say yes, put your hands together. Come on, if you're ready to say yes, lift your voice and let God hear you. Yes, Lord. I say yes, Lord. I say yes, Lord. My soul says yes. My mind says yes. My heart says yes. You can stand your feet today. Amen. Before we close this service, I want to I want to make sure that we are showing proper appreciation because there are a handful of people that we could not do without in this ministry. We just couldn't do without them. So can you just take a moment and help me just celebrate today? Let's celebrate our dream team and our worship team and our media team, our translation team. David, we're in the sound. Can we just show the appreciation for them? Amen. Also, if, you, if you're physically capable, can you stand your feet just for one moment longer? Well, I'm, I'm thankful for the accolades of our, our city and our mayor. I want you to know that this church could not be what it is without a handful of people that have been with me since day one. So can you first help me celebrate Jalen and the Pattersons and the Herons that were literally with us from day one and are still, still helping us do the work of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And, and two more people. Two more people. Because one of them is, it just came along for the ride because he didn't have a choice. And the other one constantly kept coaxing me this is what God has told us to do we need to do it so can you show appreciation today for Pastor Olga Becker and Justice Becker who have been day ones my rider dies have been with me to see this thing through through good and bad thick and thin hell and high water come on show appreciation for these people who believe in you and love you amen amen